Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Female Founders Network, a podcast brought to you by invoice to go I'm your host, Nat, and I'm joined by my co-host, Sylvie. Hey, everyone. We record our show in the Forbes Street studio in downtown Sydney, Australia, but we bring guests from all over the world. So you'll hear people from the U.S., the United Kingdom, Europe, the Asia Pacific, anywhere that we find women who lead and inspire others. This is a great podcast for women who are navigating business ownership, leadership, or just life. Each episode should connect you with someone else's story, but also leave you with practical tips and advice that you can use in your own life and in your own business. Hey guys, today we're speaking with iTunes famous Carly Nimmo. She's an Australian podcaster and a serial entrepreneur. We talked to Carly about how she's bounced back from failure after launching multiple businesses and used a mental health crisis as a time for change. Hey Carly, we're so happy that you could join us today. I'm really excited too. <laughs> oh, so good. So you are quite a success as a podcaster and, and a lot of things, but you really wanted to talk about bouncing back today. So tell us all about you. So, I mean, these days, it, it's funny. You think you're going somewhere and you, I don't know, like well, I did anyway. I thought, oh, I had these ideas of like one day being struck by lightning, not literally, but figuratively (laughs) with inspiration as to like what would be the thing that would take me from like zero to Oprah. And this is like when you were younger, right? Like when you're in your 20s? All all of my life. All of your life. (laughs) Well, not all of my life. So I kind of was just going through the motions until probably I, around my 30th birthday, uh, I had a bit of a, what you would call a mental breakdown, I guess. I was diagnosed with depression and anxiety. Anxiety, and that's really set me on what is now, I guess, the last 12, 13 years of my life, which has been really seeking more purpose and meaning. Mm-hmm. So over the last, what, 10 to 15 years, I've really, um, oh, I meant to ask, is this a show I can swear on or is oh, it like a... Oh, swear away. Okay, beautiful. Because <laughs> that would be going against my nature if I couldn't. So I have thrown... Let I've it thrown rip. all... <laughs> yeah, that's it. I've thrown a lot of shit at the walls over yeah. the last 15 gotcha. years trying to figure out what I was here for. And I really thought it was going to look a certain way. So well, wait, um, before back, your 30th yeah. birthday, though, what were you doing up yeah. until then? What caused yeah, well, I guess I've, I've always lived a bit of a, uh, a life on the fringe, I guess nice. you would say. Um, I, I went to, you know, was just a student, went to school, was really into art, but not very good at like you know, actual art. <laughs> I was more a, a talker and a communicator. Mm. I didn't really fit into any neat little box or anything. I went off to uni. I studied media arts. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and I just kind of like fell into working as a photographer actually Yeah. Um, initially. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I ended up, there wasn't that much work that allowed me to be creative and I really wanted a career. So I ended up in sales. Oh, and okay. uh, yeah, and I worked as a sales rep. I was the youngest female sales rep in my industry at like 22, 23 years old. Wow. And I kind of got to 25, 26, 27, around that age. And I was just like surrounded by middle-aged men. Now mm. I'm middle-aged, so I kind of like, I feel a bit bad saying that, but I was surrounded by middle-aged men and I was like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? (laughs) This is it. Like, this is the pinnacle. From here, what do I do? I go up to like national sales manager. Right. Just feels like not for me. And And I really hated sales. 
Um, so I ended up, I'd always wanted to work in radio. I had this like dream of being kind of like a famous radio DJ, Yeah. particularly like in Australia, we have Triple J and I was really into alternative music and I saw myself kind of maybe working a job at Triple J, you know, Yeah. Uh, but that wasn't to happen. So I ended up going back and studying a short course in radio, an introduction to radio. Yeah. And then I got a job up here in near um, Byron Bay in Lismore and I worked in radio for a couple of years, but it was really interesting and I learned all the different aspects of radio. So uh, everything from copywriting to audio production to I was a jock. I had the, the drive wow. shift, the afternoon shift. I did like all all different areas in the radio well, station. And how? what yeah. age was this that you started learning so, this new skill? Um, probably about 24 six, I reckon. 26, okay. oh, I moved cool. up. Um, so, and I had done, I dabbled a little bit with sound production when I was studying media arts and I'd yeah. always wanted to, like as a kid, I was one of those kids who had a double tape deck. This is really showing my age. And I would <laughs> record myself. I would record stuff off the radio and oh, then I dude. would back announce it. I remember. Then- <laughs> <laughs> Janet Jackson, that one, what's the yeah, album oh my in God, the mid nineties? I remember waiting for it to come on so that you could like press the, it. Uh, well, that, that I was a little <laughs> bit older than, than that. So mine was um, Rhythm Nation. There you go. It was the Janet album I was really into. So, yeah, so I would like play a track. You know, I was always recording my own voice. I would have friends over and they would just be like, oh, my God, this is so boring. Why are we just sitting here talking with the tape deck between us? (laughs) (laughs) So you're the original podcaster, like vintage podcaster, like an OG podcaster. Yeah, Yeah, totally. And had like cassette after cassette after cassette of just me. Lots of, lots of. For um, the Americans in the room listening, that's cassette. (laughs) Oh, yes. <laughs> the accent. Um, so, yeah, so like I, I thought, oh, you know, when I was having this kind of like, I guess that was my quarter life crisis. I've had a few yeah, crises over that's the That's all right. Years, but, it's in, uh, it the makes quarter you life crisis. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's definitely led me to have an interesting life. Yeah. At that quarter life crisis, I was like, what do I want to do with my life? And I thought, well, why not give radio a go? So, yeah, moved up here, worked in that, but very quickly realized how massive the egos were. Yeah, and it's how competitive. It is really competitive, and no one's really looking out for each other. They're really looking after their own back and I just couldn't it just wasn't a really great environment to be me to be in. Yeah. And I'd always wanted to work for myself. Right. So I ended up thinking, well, what could I do? Because also radio paid atrociously. Yeah. I was earning about uh, $420 a week, which Whoa. was like, wow. you know, living in Byron, it's really expensive. And yeah. It, yeah. For it those was, of you uh, listening overseas, Byron is like a famous beach. It's a famous yeah, it's little like beach town. It's like a tourist town. mecca of Australia, yeah, really. It's gorgeous. It's bohemian. It's lovely, but it is really expensive. Yeah. It is really expensive. Yeah. Rich so, hippies. Uh, rich hippies. And it's rich hippies. Yeah, rich yeah. hippies. Yeah. Well, yeah. they kind of want to be hippies, but anyway, we'll talk about that. <laughs> um, that's, a, that's a topic for another day. So I, uh, yeah, so I, I was thinking, what could I do? And I thought, well, I could go back and do some photography if I wanted to. I could write. I could do some copywriting. And I thought, I'll just buy a mic and I'll just see where this goes. Yeah. So I bought a microphone, set it up at home and ended up um, just doing some random voiceovers. And eventually that took off. So I was running a business um, from when I was about 25, 26 years old, doing voiceover work. And that has built over the last 15 years. I've been doing that for 15 or 16 years now. And uh, and it's quite successful. So I do voiceovers for learning programs Mm. and I have about 20 talent across Australia and New Zealand, and we specialize in e-learning programs. So I've been working in that area for 15 years or so. 
so. And But the thing was, it wasn't really giving me that much meaning. Yeah. Like it's great work and it's quite easy for me to do and we've got really great systems and stuff so it doesn't take a lot of my time. But it was kind of not fulfilling me on a soul level. I felt like I was here for something more. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. And so I, you know, I had this second kind of mental breakdown where I was diagnosed with depression and anxiety and yeah. I started to really want more. And this um, is when you're 30, purpose, more right? meaning. Yeah, this is when Around I was about 30. birthday. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so what I ended up doing was like, I tried, I threw a whole bunch of shit at the wall. I yeah. was really into personal development. I started like an online magazine um, called Think Beautiful. I, uh, I started running workshops and doing all that kind of jazz. And then... Um, I had I'd been away. I had hadn't been living in Byron for a while. We moved back here, and I um and I thought I went. I actually went on a retreat to go and find myself and to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. Of course, and I had this idea of starting. Um, what I, what I'd never, I'd never, I thought like, oh my God, this is the lightning bolt idea. This is the one, this is the thing. And it was me working alongside other people. So I was in like a, I could see myself in an office with like people around me and just working collaboratively, but on our own stuff. And I thought, oh, this would be really cool. Cause you know, like I could open a space. I was really lonely. I'd been working for myself for about five or six years at this time, maybe a bit more actually, seven or eight years. And I was like, oh, I don't know. Um, You know, like it's a bit boring here by myself all the time. I really want to connect with like-minded people. But at that time, there weren't that many people working for themselves. You know, it was like, um, yeah, it was hard for me to connect. this? This was 2012. Okay. So, there were still more than, like, not as many people working for themselves as there are now. So WeWork um, wasn't, like, WeWork wasn't, like, a thing. Co-working probably well, wasn't it, really a thing. Well, this point, was the right? thing. It probably was in the States. Yeah, But there okay. was nothing really happening in Australia at the time. Right. So when I started, so I had this idea, right, co-working, didn't know it was called co-working, but yeah. thought, oh, my God, this is amazing, and right. then eventually discovered there was a thing. Right. And it had been a thing in the U.S. for a while, but it was very, very, very much in its infancy here. There was yeah. probably, you know, a handful of spaces around Australia and nothing really regionally. I'm just um, seeing it was founded in 2010, but it was just in New York at that time. It was just in yeah. Soho. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so quite like it was very, very new. I think there were, we had um, in Melbourne and Sydney, I think they had the hub. Okay. Um, and there were a few few work, co-working spaces, but really nothing like there is now. Yeah. Um, and definitely not regional. But I kind of looked at it, you know, in Byron Bay is a very unique um, demographic. So I had been um, volunteering at, on the local Chamber of Commerce. Yeah. And so I knew some stats around um, how many business owners there were. So there are 8,000. At the time, there were 8,000 residents in Byron mm-hmm. and there were over 8,000 registered businesses. Interesting. And so I was like, well, you know, there has to be a market mm. for shared office space here. And so without really doing much more, I just signed a lease and opened the doors. Nice. And um, okay. that's when <laughs> that was a big mistake. So, did you, so you didn't look into what kind of businesses these 8,000 businesses were? You didn't know if they were freelancers oh, no. or... Okay. No, because I, I, at the time I thought, oh, I'm just, you know, like I'm just being, you know, I've been given this idea and I better move on it super fast because it's a really good idea and yeah, someone else okay. will take it and run with it if I don't. So I just yeah. kind of, and I I do things like, I you know, I do things at 110% often. So not 
like I don't stop to pause to think. Right. And so you're decisive. Um, you just move on it. Yeah. If it yeah. feels right, yeah. I just go. Okay. So, so I, um, yeah, so I went and I looked at one or I looked at a couple of spaces. One was in budget. It was okay. And so I just signed the lease. Right. And then, um, yeah. And I just thought it was going to work because, you know, like I'd watched what Field of Dreams or whatever, build it and they will come. And I thought, yep, that's all good. Like this is an amazing <laughs> idea. It, there's, there's a market here for it. Let's just do it. You know, you've got to take a risk in life. So <laughs> yeah, that's what I did. Yeah. And then the, the space pretty much, I think I'd been open for about, oh, and there's like other parts of this story. I opened it with a business partner. The business partner failed, um, oh, the business partnership failed very early on in the piece due to some um, personal stuff that was going on for her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so I had to kind of just let her out of the partnership. It was like big, big life stuff. Oh. So then all of the expenses were on my shoulders and yeah. it didn't matter what I did. I just couldn't fill the space because at that stage, nobody knew what co-working was. Right. So, so education piece on here's what right. co-working is, yeah. this is why you should come. And you're like ahead of the trend. I mean, it's you always think, oh, if we're ahead of the trend, we should be successful. But that's not always the case, right? No. People, the society has to catch up with wanting the service that you provide. Right. And had I been able to hang on, yeah. For, you know, like we, we, I hung on for a year and it was the worst year of my life. Oh, it was God. just devastating. Yeah. I cried every day for six months. Mm. I actually, at the end of, towards the end of it, I considered taking my own life. Like it oh was my really, gosh. Wow. it was really bad. Um, yeah. Cause well, our, our well being is so wrapped up in, in success a lot of the time, especially right. when you're 30, right? Cause you're like looking yeah. for that next big thing. You're like, okay, well, what's going to make me a success? Like you're, you're right. through your 20s, you're like ready to be, you know, a leader in some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, wow. it was, it was, um, you know, cause it wasn't like, I just hadn't envisioned, envisaged that I would be sitting in a big office, you know, basically every cent I had was going into this, like my business partner had pulled out. So I was yeah. carrying the entire load. Yeah. And also my husband, he worked in, on the roads up here, like doing, um, building a highway right. and it had rained for six months. It was like an El Nino or one of those La Nina, oh, El Nino. So it rained and rained and rained. So he was out of work and everything just, we bought a house um, on the mid North coast and it was worth less than what we bought it because of the financial crisis. And like all of, all of this stuff was just kind of all happening at once. And um, yeah, and I just couldn't handle it. So I really did consider taking my own life. Wow. I'm glad I didn't. Yeah. We are too. um, Yeah. 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 (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. At that that time, like there's, there were a couple of key lessons in that business for me. And one was starting a business like for me, I was so lonely at the time. Yeah. And I really wanted to be around like-minded people. And that was the, that was what was fueling the business really was like this need to have a community and like starting, starting a business from a need within you that isn't being met is just really not a great place to start a business from. Right. You have to, you know, now that you know, you've had this experience, you know that you need to have your business case together and all of that stuff and really make sure it's a business that you want to be in and the world's ready for it. 
Where did you Yeah, um, I mean, I think you can. I think you can run a business. I still run my business on the fly. Yeah. And I don't necessarily have a plan. And I do things very differently to the way, I guess, we're taught or conditioned to do business. I, I, I don't necessarily subscribe to any rules around that. Right. But I'm not doing it in order to have a, a you know, like an external need met by my, my audience gotcha. don't have to fulfill any needs for me. Right. Exactly. Like you're getting your everything that you need, your self-worth, et cetera, elsewhere. And you're, you've filled yourself up and now you can give something rather than relying on your work. Yeah. And I yeah. think at that stage, one thing I see happen a lot in business is almost like a codependency right. on your business success. Success, right. So when this thing was failing, it was really a personal failure. Like right. I was the failure, not the business. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Where I don't necessarily have that uh, codependency these days that I did. But it's I see like it's quite common for mm-hmm. people to be really wrapped up in their worth being the business's worth. You know, yeah. and I think that's a bit of a dangerous place to be. Yeah, well, I think that happens a lot for even women who haven't started businesses. Just your your job becomes, you know, I mean, I've been laid off before in my life and I remember going through a really dark time there where I was, oh, well, am I just not worthwhile as a professional? Is there something, you know, why was I chosen to be laid off? You Mm. know, and really it was just the, you know, economic conditions and Mm. the business I happened to be in at the time, et cetera, et cetera. It really had very little to do with me as an individual contributor. But I think women do that a lot. Like we we get emotional about what's happening in our careers and we attach our self-worth to you know, how successful we can be or, you know, something like yeah, that. Yeah, how our la- how our launch went, you know. Exactly, like I see, yeah. And I've experienced a lot of that even since this failure is those times where I've launched products and, you know, no, or an offer and, and no one's taken it up and, right. you know, I've taken it really personally. It's been a, that's probably been the hardest lesson for me to learn yeah. is, t- is to, um you know, like not take that personally. Yeah, it's, been a big one. How did yeah. you so get to the point where you recognize when it's not something that you should take personally? Is there anything that you do like self-soothing techniques that yeah. you can share with us? Yeah. Well, not really. I mean, I, I, well, actually, I just allow myself to have those feelings now, you know, right. so because <laughs> I don't know, it's been there was like after. So I had this massive failure. Right. And then I had, um, so I closed down the space and I had my daughter as a surprise baby. Long surprise. story as well. <laughs> yeah, surprise. You're Look, you were meant to start down. something. It just wasn't yeah, the co-working yeah, space. Right. It just wasn't the co-working <laughs> space. Um, and then, and then like a few years after that, I was running a podcasting school and it had been going really well and I was doing all the things. I was supposed to. And then it just kind of dried up. And, yeah. and and it was really stressful because, again, I had found myself in the position where I had way more outgoings than I did incomings. Yeah. And cash flow was a real issue in both of those kind of businesses. In the office yeah. collective, there was no money coming in and everything going out. And so basically I was siphoning money from my voiceover agency to float everything. Wow. And yeah, and it was you know, and basically it got to the point where I would have, well, I had to consider bankruptcy. Thankfully, I ended up making the decision to close the space yeah. and mm-hmm. get someone to sublet because I was also a commercial lease, which is really hard to get out of. So I uh, had someone sublet the space, which meant that, you know, there was relief there for me. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Financially, not having to find a thousand bucks a week for rent was like, oh God, now I can breathe again. Yeah. And and so then, you know, fast forward a few years while I'm having this, uh, you know, running this online 
online business, which is supposed to be like, you know, easy and it's kind of sold as this like destination. You you just put what you know into a course and then you just sell people it and yeah. there you go. You can have some cocktails the on a beach in Thailand. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Your life's going to be right. so good. Yeah. <laughs> so it's so easy, right? Like yeah. all you got to do is just wrap up all your knowledge and sell it. Yeah. But Snap it's really... some pictures for Instagram. It'll be really That's great. It. Yeah. That's it. Easy. Easy peasy. <laughs> so, and I had a big team, not a big team, but like, you know, a Facebook ads person. I had yeah. an online business manager, a yeah. VA, uh, all these people helping the, me um, promote this business and get it out there. And then, um, you know, it it just wasn't working. And so again, I found myself in this position where it was like, oh my God, cash flow crisis. Yeah. What am I going to do here? And right. again, had to make the decision. But it took me be finding myself on a Friday afternoon with like a two-year-old kid down the doctors thinking I was having a heart attack oh. and being hooked up to an ECG. And it was actually just anxiety from yeah. the whole oh <laughs> the whole cash flow. That's so like, common and this is stuff though. people don't really talk about. Yeah. Today, you know? So Those many people. Where you're so stressed about money. Yeah, right. And so many people have that moment where they actually think that they're dying and it's really right. just, they've taken on too much. They're just, they yeah. just have anxiety. Yeah. yeah, it's incredible. Your body tells you. Um, your body, your body does Your body tell is you. smart. <laughs> yes, a hundred percent. And so since that moment, that like that, that moment is where I kind of went, right. You know, because having experienced failure once on a kind of big, spectacular fashion, yeah. because yeah. it was like, you know, I'd started this co-working space. I'd done all this work to get it out there and, and, and it hadn't worked and it had really hit me hard. Right. And then to go a few years later and have like a similar experience, but different where Mm -hmm. something wasn't working. All of my stories about being a failure were like, oh, running wild. And yeah. And then after being hooked up to the ECG that day, I was really like, well, this is it. You know, I could go and get a job and not have this stress in my life. Right. And at the same time, like opportunities just started to, yeah, open up. I got, I made it to the finals in this um, PodQuest competition that they had in Australia for one of our major broadcasters here. Wow. Uh, I got, I yeah, I was offered to write for a really major blogger here in Australia and nice. just things started to Oh, and then I and then I started a business mastermind and that started to take off and you know and ever since then things have been I've still been on the roller coaster because it's always a roller coaster I don't think you yeah. ever necessarily mm. get off that roller coaster when, when you're you own your own yourself. business yeah 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 <laughs> absolutely that's but the it's one funny constant <laughs> right exactly that everything is uncertain at all times yeah um so so but you know now it's interesting because it, those that 15 years ago when I was like, you know, what am I going to do with my life? What am I here for? I don't know what brings me purpose. I don't know what brings me meaning, um, you know, and then throwing all this shit at the wall. And and that now I find myself in this position where I'm actually exactly where if you could put the puzzle, like if you could see the puzzle before you started you know, like that yeah, um, okay. Steve Jobs thing that he says about like uh, in one of the con- commencement speeches, he says, you know, like you can only tell a puzzle. Or, no, you can only join the dots by looking back. You can't yeah. join the dots looking forward. Yeah. yeah, You know, life kind of happens and then you find yourself in this place. But sometimes I just wish I'd had the box, the picture of the puzzle when I was putting the puzzle together. <laughs> Don't we <laughs> <You> all? <know? laughs> but Don't now all. I'm in this place where it's like it all makes sense. I work in 
audio. I work with a lot of podcasters. Yep. I produce shows for big organizations. Um, you know, it's, it all has come together and I'm, I'm using my voice, which was something that I was doing as a kid, but I yep. never really valued it. Right. And now, uh, and now I do. And so, you know, I feel like I've definitely bounced back from that failure. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Isn't it insane how all these little things that you're interested in and in and do and try when you're younger just somehow fall into place? Like if you just yeah. keep trying, if you just make it through, it's like it, they come together. It's yeah, totally. Yeah. But there's no, yeah, there's no way. Like it's like I was kind of expecting, like I said before, a, a lightning bolt of inspiration yeah. where it was mm. all very clear. Yeah. And it was, it all felt very muddy for a long time. And right. it sometimes still does feel very muddy. Yeah. But when I reflect, I can see, oh, yeah, okay, this makes sense that I'm here now. Yeah. Um, this is exactly why we wanted to get you on the show, to be honest, because I think a lot of startup stories, founder stories, you yeah. hear this like picture perfect of, and then we got investment and then we yeah. raised $10 million and yeah. it's all just worked out <laughs> so well. And you don't hear about the struggles and the failures and the things that went wrong. And therefore people have this kind of skewed view of success and how success happens mm, yeah and I think it, it's really great to listen to your story and, and hear how like happy you are now and how well you're doing with your business uh, yeah. now and how transparent you can be about it yeah 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 I think um for me one of the biggest things has just been embracing that sometimes I don't know best you mm. know so um the idea that I had it you know it was a good idea and now there are numerous co-working spaces in Byron and there's not a single part of me that feels jealousy or resentment about the experience that I had because I know that you know where where I am now is is way better than if that dream had come true and I'd ended up having like my my dream was to have co-working spaces all over regional Australia yeah mm -hmm. and okay. now I think about that and I think oh my god that is the worst yuck I would not like no I don't like that that doesn't bring any <laughs> sense of freedom for me it's yeah. like I would not want to be running a you know a chain of co-working spaces across regional centers it's just like not at all what I want um, yeah but at the time I guess it was what I thought I needed in order to feel successful. Right. And now I've realized that, um, you know, that success isn't, it, it's not necessarily about what's happening externally, but it's really about what's happening internally. Yeah. Mm. And, uh, and the more that I feel a, a, like a success myself um, and like I'm doing things with meaning and purpose, that's really the, that's really what success is for me. Showing up daily, doing what I love and being, of course, financially rewarded for that. Mm -hmm. But, uh, but I wouldn't, you know, like I thought it looked a certain way and then life showed me it, it was something different altogether. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. So tell us, <laughs> yes. Yes. So tell us about what you're doing now, because we haven't really talked about where you are now and where all of this has led you to. Yeah. So so after I closed the co-working space, um, I started a podcast called Carlosophies and it was um, five and a half years ago now. Mm. I was at the time still really reeling from my failure and I was definitely still paying financially for the failure. Yeah. Um, but 
but I felt I felt actually I felt more connected. Like what I'd actually the co- starting the co-working space, it actually had given me what I needed, which was or what I wanted, which was the sense of community. It just didn't look the way that I thought it did. I ended up being really connected online to a bunch of entrepreneurs around the world through um, actually through Marie Folio's B School huh. that was that I joined in 2012. Due to like I kind of thought Marie was going to be my savior and she was going to help me save my business by joining B School. It wasn't to be. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but what I did make was a whole bunch of really um, great connections. Yeah. And so I ended up with what I'd wanted in the first place, but just in a roundabout way. Yeah. But what I found was that I'd made all these, um, you know, new online friends and they were in a similar position to me running online businesses. And But I wasn't, I wasn't hearing anything about their failures. Mm. And I was like, what's going on here? You know, so Carlosophies, I still felt, I still felt alone, like a bit of a black sheep or something, because I seemed to be the only person who things didn't work for. Mm. Um, And so I started my podcast, Carlosophies, because I wanted to have conversations with other entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. about their story because I didn't, like, I felt like at the time there was a lot of overnight success stories and not a lot of the, you know, a lot of shine, not much shit. Yeah. So, (laughs) so, uh, so I started recording Carlosophies, interviewing friends and people that I knew about their, the real story behind their success. Wow. And, uh, and, and I would record myself just walking on the beach like sharing my thoughts and what I was going through with the world. And that had actually come about a few years earlier when I fir- when I was turned kind of 30 and I had my first mental breakdown. I used to run along the beach with a video camera and just sh- like I'd find that I'd found clarity down there uh, while I was running. And so I would take these little video cameras. I was a blo- I had a blog called Carlosophies at the time. Yeah. And I, I would go for these runs and I'd come back all inspired and so clear. And then I'd sit at my computer and it just wasn't there anymore. Yeah. You know, it was like it had disappeared. Yeah. So I started taking my video camera and just recording like two or three minute videos of me when I found clarity. Yeah. And then I would stick them on YouTube. Um, and this was like probably 2009, 2010. Wow. Um, so, so, so early for that kind of thing. You're so ahead of the time. <laughs> you're ahead of YouTube blogging. You're ahead of co-working. <laughs> She's a steward of future <laughs> thinking. <laughs> what should you start uh, now? <laughs> what should we do well, next? I, it, I, was like, I was like, um, when... You know, I was always like when uh, actually the last couple of years I've been like, oh, it actually feels like the world has finally caught up. Yeah. And, you know, and then anyway, that sounds a bit arrogant, but it's like, um, you know, because this is the thing when you are. an an innovator, when you're coming up with ideas and you're willing to take risks, like you guys said before, you can, it it can be a really lonely place to be and it doesn't mean you're going to have success. You're like too far. You can be too far ahead. Right. I mean, you do need to study your market. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you do. And, and you, you know, I I just feel like eventually take, you take enough risks and eventually one kind of works out. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, you know, like I think there's, there's definitely, you know, having, knowing your market, having a solid plan, all that kind of jazz. Yeah. Um, But there's also, there's also an element of luck Mm -hmm. at play. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which isn't really talked about that much. Yeah. And while I was doing Carlosophies, I actually had an interview with a friend of mine, Dan Norris, and he is, um, he started, he actually, I know him from being a voiceover artist. So he used to run a little web agency and I used to do voiceover work for him. This was like 15 years ago. Right. 
And uh, and then he ended up starting a company called WP Curve, which is, it was like they did like, a, it was one of the first subscription model businesses. Okay. And they would do WordPress updates and stuff for you, Got WordPress it. fixes okay. for like a certain amount per month. Yeah. And he built that business up to a million dollar recurring revenue a month, I think it was, or a year, can't remember. And then he sold it to GoDaddy. Wow. And he ended up then, um, you know, like being kind of like famous in the Australian business circles, doing a lot of public speaking, wrote best-selling books, all this kind of jazz. And I wanted to talk to him on Philosophies about like why he had had success and I hadn't when Mm. I was clearly every bit as intelligent and charismatic as he was. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And yet he had had all this success and I hadn't. And he he put it down to, you know, that whole, well, you throw enough shit at the wall, something sticks. Right. Um, Okay. Yeah. So anyway, so that was a bit of a side tangent, but um, <laughs> Carlosophies ended up being uh, getting picked up by Apple and it was in New and Noteworthy and at the top of the charts nice. for a really long time. Yeah. And I felt like I'd finally had success, you know, yeah. but it didn't last very long. Yeah. So uh, I, what ended up happening, people started coming to me asking me if they could um, if I could teach them how to podcast. And I had all the stuff here because it's like voiceover artist, know about audio. Yeah. Yep, I can teach you how to do that. So I created a podcasting school called Radcasters. Okay. And over the past um, five years or so, it's had probably, I would say, around 300 people go through it. And mm-hmm. I've worked with hundreds of podcasters on, um, yeah, on their podcasts. And also I've done work, you know, run business masterminds. I do a bit of coaching. Um, I run retreats. Wow. I wrote a book. I, you know, I just, and I just do ra- whatever random stuff I feel like doing. I just kind of do. I ran a, <laughs> I ran a, um, I produced my book as an audio book, not a normal book. Nice. I, um, cause it was like the path of least resistance for me. It was like that, that feels good. You're it used feels to like doing that. Do that. Yeah. Yeah. So I just kind of put it out there. Um, and ran an audio course called Find Your Freak and just been doing fun stuff. I've run a podcaster's mastermind for the last couple of years, which has been really fun. Um, and I produce shows for organisations. Okay. So um, work with organisations like Southern Cross Uni, um, which is a big university here in Australia. I work on an indi- Indigenous health podcast for the Queensland government. Oh, wow. Um, and yeah, and just like shows uh, working on a podcast at the moment for a charity, which I really love. So yeah, I just do like now I still have the voiceover agency. I get to show up and connect and collaborate with incredible people. And I get to coach and use some of my experience in business over the last 15 years. And yeah, and I just do ev- everything that I do. I absolutely love. Wow, so awesome. that's success. Yeah. Yeah, that is that is success for me. And it yeah. doesn't necessarily look like a huge business um, like I thought it was going to look like. It's mm-hmm. just me and I have an assistant and an editor. You know, I just keep things really simple and easy and that feels really good for me. You've come a long way since the sales role, eh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God, I used to hate that job. That was just such an uncomfortable, you know, yeah. cold calling is just not not for me. I think in our society <laughs> we, we place a lot of value on like materialism and, and making a lot of money. So it's really refreshing to hear you come on here and talk about how success is actually just having fulfillment and feeling happy and having that variety that you have um, and that you found found what makes you happy and 
it's awesome. So thank you so much yeah. for, for sharing. No worries. Yeah. And, you know, it's, I think sometimes it's often like sometimes we're really overcomplicating things too. And this, this approach isn't for everyone, right. you know, like um, running a business on the fly and just doing what you love all the time. Like it's, it's pro- probably sounds a bit more romantic than it is at times. But for me, it actually feels really a good way to do business. So over the years, I have worked with a lot of people who have found success in terms of what we think it looks like, you know, so they've got the really nice house, they've got, you know, they're making really good money and, and they feel like they're dead inside. Right. Mm, Yeah. And uh, yeah. And so I do a lot of work with people around finding purpose and meaning in their life because yeah, it's not, it's not about the external stuff. It really isn't. And I've had a lot of the external stuff and felt dead. So I get that, you know, while while it's not necessarily a traditional approach to business yeah. and uh, it, it's one that works for me and I think it's important for us all to find ways to make business work for us instead of us just working for business, you know? Yeah. Wow. Um, That's such a good quote. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Uh. So good. Such a good life philosophy. So if there, I mean, we have women all over the world uh, who might be listening to this and, you know, gleaming what they can get from your experience and trying to um, think about how they can apply your wisdom to their own lives. If there was a, a woman out there who's, you know, kind of had her first failure or, you know, is in the midst of her third failure and doesn't know where, what to do or where to go, like what pearls of wisdom would you give? Of her the way what I would what I would recommend to someone who's maybe feeling like they've thrown a lot of shit at the wall and it's just not happening for them yeah is to look back and see what actually has worked yeah. even if it's just been small things and this was an exercise I did maybe a couple of years ago where I started to look back and say well not everything failed so what actually did work and when I went through and had a look at what things work it was when I was doing something just totally off the cuff and I thought it would be fun right. it was when you know like it, it was it was when Passion. Um, it was passion project. Right. When I was yeah. coming from a from when I was coming from that place, that's yeah. when things worked. But when I was coming from this like need, then or like, you know, a need within me that wasn't being met, or a right. need find a financial need or just need in general. I find that it just dries up the opportunities like nothing else. Wow. So look back and see, you know, even if it's just small things, what has worked and try more of that. Wow. That's excellent advice. I love that advice. Thank you. I, I also love, I love the part where you said, you know, you already knew. Like, I think there's advice within that advice, which is you already know. Like if you're asking yeah. yourself, what is my purpose? What's going to be my big thing? It sounds like you always knew you were just trying to ignore it or or fill it with other things. Or like you said, you had external factors, which. Yeah, were... I just thought I just couldn't see how. Yeah. And I think that's something that we all get stuck in at time from time to time. The how, you know, yeah. it's, it's one of the things that stops people ever starting starting to yeah. how yeah um but but then but then when you just do it without asking how or trying to figure it out yeah then you know you don't know where it's going to lead and i think that's something that i've come to embrace is i don't know i don't know what's best for me yeah. i don't know what i'm i don't necessarily know what i'm here for when it comes to others yeah. but i do know that i'm here to show up and share and so i just continue to do that and then trust that the rest falls into place. Um, and I think trust is something that is underrated when it comes to business, actually, because mm, yeah. I feel like, um, you know, I don't know, it's it's just, it sounds maybe a bit wishy-washy. I don't know, it works for me. Yeah, yeah. Trust the universe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as cheesy as it sounds and as much of a bumper sticker as it is, it's really important. Well, I think those cliches are 
are, you know, they're cliches for a reason. Right. There is an element of truth to them. Yeah. Um, but for me, it's all, it's, you know, that whole just speak your truth, just, it just seemed too easy and too, yeah, like how is that? You won't know until you embrace it and give it a go. So just give it a go. Yeah, just give it a go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, Carly, we are out of time, but thank you so much. This has been amazing. My pleasure. We'll talk soon, okay? And let me know about that retreat. <laughs> <laughs> Will do. All right, have a good one. Thanks, Carly. This podcast was brought to you by invoice to go We're an invoicing and billing app that helps business owners work and get paid from anywhere at any location around the globe. And we're helping close the gender-based pay gap because the current US gender-based pay gap sits at around 19%. Listeners of the Female Founders Network podcast will get exactly 19% off of any subscription. Just use the code EMPOWERWOMEN at checkout.